I'm Scott. And I'm Jason. Welcome to Skipped on Shuffle, a podcast where we delve into an overlooked song by a popular artist. Today we're going to be talking about Rammstein and the song Rotor Sand from their album Liebe ist für Alda from 2009. So this episode of Skipped on Shuffle is a couple of firsts for us. It's our first metal band, our first purely metal band. Yeah. We've done some some louder rock acts that have like metal sounding yeah, Alice songs. Yeah, Alice in Chains and Soundgarden have, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but, but this, this is, is a metal genre. Pure metal. And also our first band that we're covering that primarily does not sing in English. They do have English songs, but I'd say the vast majority of their catalog is 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 entirely in German. And uh, the only other artist that we've done so far that has a lot of songs not in the English language is Shakira, which is <laughs> interesting to think that we, you know, here we are. We've done. So here it's Skipped on Shuffle, where we, <laughs> Shakira and Rammstein, <laughs> live in the same sort of space. Yeah. So if there's anybody out there that's going to be critical of us for not covering enough broad genres, <laughs> then then this is it. You guys can't, you can't say that anymore. We're doing both Rammstein and Shakira. But I'm excited for this episode because I... Love Rammstein, uh, unabashedly. Like I feel like they're one of those bands that a lot of people associate with kind of one thing and one sound, one even one song mm. with with Du yeah. Hast, which we're going to get into later. But I feel like there's a lot more going on with this band that a lot of people don't understand. And I think that I, I'm I'm excited to tell people about why they should pay more attention to Rammstein. And I think this song that we're going to cover, Rotorsan, is is so wildly different from Du Haas, and that's one of the reasons why I selected it for, for this episode, is so wildly different from Du Haas that people will be like, wow, like I had no idea that this band was capable of this kind of stuff. And as we're going to get into, there's a lot about this band that you probably don't know. This episode is pretty interesting to do because Scott's already worked on starting to convince me because I'm... I like the band. I don't dislike the band, but I'm also not a huge fan. So in choosing this song, I was like, oh, this is kind of a whole another aspect of this band that I wasn't really like too familiar with. And I'm probably one of those people who's like, I know Duhast. I know a couple things. I've seen some live clips of the band. So yeah, I have this kind of narrow idea of the band. So for any anybody out there who is more of a casual fan or be like, oh, I think I've heard of them. Um, this, this, this will be enlightening because it's helped me get to know this band a lot more. Seine Kugel steckt in mir eine Liebe, zwei Pistolen. Eine zielt mir ins Gesicht. Er sagt, ich hätte dich gestohlen. Dass du mich liebst, weiß er nicht. Roter Sand und zwei Patronen. Eine stirbt im the beginnings of Rammstein start in Cold War era Germany, which was at the time divided in half. Uh, we're not going to go too deep into German history here, but just for the sake of this podcast, let's just say that East Germany was not a fun place to live, while West Germany was much better. 
Richard Crispa, the primary guitarist of Rammstein, uh, lived in the not-so-great half of Germany. In uh, 1989, he escaped to West Germany and started a band which was called, and this is amazing here, Orgasm Death Gimmick. That's the best name for a band ever. I'd buy, I'd buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Crispa wanted to start a new band that would rival the famous band Kiss with a loud American metal sound and a big elaborate stage show. However, when he finally came to the United States in 1992, he was very unimpressed with the American metal sound at the time and decided he wanted to instead make a band that was distinctly German. Eventually, Crispa put together a five-piece group, himself on guitar, Till Lindemann on vocals, a second guitarist named Paul Landers, a bass player named Oliver Rydell, and a drummer named Christoph Schneider. Later on, the band completed its sound with the addition of a keyboard player named Christian Lorenz. This six-piece band called themselves Rammstein, which literally translates into English as Ramming Stone, and were quickly signed to a German record label called Motor Music. In 1995, the band entered the studio to record its first album, which is called Herzallied, the German word for heartache. The lead single for that record was the song Du Reichst So Gut, or You Smell So Good in English. Check out a clip of that song here. Herzolide didn't sell too well, and none of the singles from that record were big hits. However, the band made a name for itself with its over-the-top live shows, which at this point were pretty low budget, but still a lot of fun. For those of you who don't know, Rammstein's live show is ridiculous. I mean, they must spend... And that's, and that's putting it mildly. My, they, they must spend millions of dollars every show just on production alone. I mean, there's pyro, fireworks, you know, costume changes, just explosions <laughs> it is insane if you have 20 minutes to kill just go on youtube and do a search for like best rumstein live or something and you'll probably see a clip that somebody put together of all these ridiculously over the top amazing incredible things that they do for their live show but at the beginning here with their first record this was very low budget it was mostly reduced to just costumes and maybe a couple of pyro things here and there but mostly just kind of silly but but still you know interesting and fun kind of stuff. So around the time of this first album coming out, the band were told that they needed to make a promotional video. When asked who they wanted to direct it, the band said David Lynch, the famous art house filmmaker. So David Lynch is a, is a big name. He's a huge director, you know, directed many movies, including uh, Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drive, Mulholland Drive, yeah. uh, the, the, the Twin Peaks series and the Twin Peaks Return series that just came out a few years ago. So this is a big name director and this no name German band is like, we want him to direct our video. They figured it wouldn't hurt to ask him anyway. So they sent Lynch a formal request. Lynch didn't direct any of Rammstein's videos, but he did like them enough to put two Rammstein songs on the soundtrack for his next film, which was called Lost Highway. The soundtrack for Lost Highway became a huge hit with tracks by Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, David Bowie, Lou Reed, and more. The Lost Highway soundtrack introduced Rammstein to a much broader audience, but nothing prepared the band for just how big they were about to get. 
Only a little after a year after recording its first record, the band went back into the studio to record a follow-up titled Sensucht, the German word for craving. The album produced two huge hit singles for the band, including Engel and the band's signature song, Du Hast. Chances are everybody listening to this podcast has heard Duhas at some point, whether on the radio or whether on MTV when they were playing the video, or just because it's like a meme now, basically. <laughs> like it's because of the song, the you know, the the do and the Duhas. Like uh, I feel like that's I, I hadn't listened to it forever and I was like immediately transported back to <laughs> back to high school with one of my friends. It's like, you gotta check out this video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Duhas was huge and and set the stage for for the success of the band as a as a as a global band rather than just a german band based on the success of du Haas, rammstein was suddenly a global phenomenon they toured the u.s a few times and even won an mtv europe award for best rock act rather than head into the studio to release new music the band toured non-stop for nearly three years during this time du Haas was released on the soundtrack to the film the matrix bringing even more popularity to the group in mid-2000, the band went into the studio to create its third record called Mutter, the German word for mother. The band released a whopping six singles for Mutter, many of which have remained live staples for the group ever since, including Son, Ich will, Fire Fry, and the, and the track Links zwei Dry Fear, or Left 234. The lyrics of that track are a direct response to accusations the band received that they were right-wing extremists. The left 234 aspect of the song sounds like military marching orders, but in the bridge of the song, the lyrics say, in German, my heart beats left. Despite this, the band will face accusations of being right-wing extremists and even Nazis all the way through the rest of their career. In 2003, the band recorded its fourth album, entitled Rise Rise, which is a German military wake-up call loosely translated as Rise Rise. The band released four singles for that record, all of which became worldwide successes, including Mein Tail, Onadish, Kein Lust, and one of the band's most politically charged songs ever, America. This song is notable for the band as a large portion of the track is actually in English. Love 
as one might guess, the song America does not have nice things to say about the United States. However, this didn't dramatically affect the band's standing throughout the country, as by now, Du Hast had faded, and the band was only truly popular amongst hardcore fans here in the States. After the success of Riza Riza, the band quickly released its fifth album called Rosenroh, which is the German for Rose Red. Rosenroh is a bit contentious amongst fans, though, as it is mostly comprised of songs the band left off Riza Riza. In fact, the working title for the album was originally just Riza Riza Volume 2. There are four singles from Rosenroh, but only the title track has really endured as a Rammstein staple. After working nearly nonstop for over 10 years, Rammstein took a hiatus from 2006 to 2007. When the band entered the studio to work on its sixth album, they wouldn't re-emerge with a finished product until nearly two years later. That album is called Liebe ist für Alda, which is German for Love is for Everyone. And on that album is the song we're going to talk about today, Rotersand. Released in 2009, this album became the subject of tons of controversy for multiple reasons. The first is that the lead single, titled Pussy, has very sexually aggressive lyrics, once again in English. Check out that track here. If that wasn't enough controversy for you, the video for Pussy is, and I am not exaggerating here, straight up hardcore pornography. We're talking full nudity, penetration, ejaculations, the whole deal. Even the album's cover caused controversy as it depicts the band sitting around a dining table on which lays a fully nude woman. Lead singer Till appears to be preparing to carve off a piece of her hand with a meat cleaver. <laughs> I can only think of like spinal taps, smell the glove. Like, <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. <laughs> if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you got to watch Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. It's Check yeah, it out. It's, it's amazing. Un- <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> All this controversy only helped the album sell and Rammstein's tours continue to sell out like crazy. By this point, the band is only playing arenas, including multiple sold-out dates at the famous Madison Square Garden here in the United States. After the touring cycle finished for their sixth album, the band took a hiatus from recording new material. They released several live albums and a greatest hits collection, but otherwise just toured and focused on various side projects. It wasn't until 2019 that the band finally released its untitled seventh record, which is the first ever album from the band to debut in the top 10 in the United States. The lead single from the album is called Deutschland, which features a nearly 10 minute long video that chronicles the darker aspects of German history. Deutschland, mein Herz in Flammen, will dich lieben und verdammen. Deutschland, dein Arm. 
Rammstein is planning to tour the world all the way through 2020 in support of this seventh record. But now, let's go back to 2009 and talk about the song Rotrosand, which closes out the highly controversial album Liebe ist für alle da. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Right about now, in most podcasts, you'd be hearing an ad for something, uh, but we are trying to keep Skipped on Shuffle ad-free, and the way we're going to be able to do that is through Patreon. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash skippedonshuffle. Any donations go to support the costs associated with running this podcast. So this album is very controversial, but it's important to keep in mind that this band knows what it's doing. They're very smart guys, very conscious about the kind of images they're using and how they're using them. It's not just some band that's like, we want to be really badass, so we're going to make this like pornographic video to promote our record. They're very much into using controversy to make points about censorship and as... Scott mentioned they, you know, have songs that delve into German history. So sometimes they use things associated with Nazi iconography. So they're doing all these things not just to be like this badass metal band, although, you know, on some level it, it works that way. This is a band that's doing this purposefully to make people for for lack of lack of a, a better description, for, to make people think and and make people kind of reflect on these things. Yeah, I feel like here in the United States, because you know we, we primarily speak English here, and a lot of the songs from, from Rammstein are in German, people aren't taking the time to go online and Google you know, the lyrics and, and figure out what the band is actually trying to say. And because the band primarily does their interviews in German as well, uh, Richard Crispo speaks English very well, so he, he usually does like English interviews, but, but at the same time, he's not the lyricist, so he doesn't really have much to say about Till's lyrics. Y- because of this, you tend to see a video for like for pussy or see the cover of this record with the woman laying down and looking like she's about to become the next meal. You see that and you just think to yourself like, oh, this band is just being controversial for the sake of controversy. More like like kind of like a Marilyn Manson kind of thing. Mm, like yeah, like yeah. I'm going to shock you by being shocking. Isn't this shocking? But there's nothing behind it. You know, I mean, Marilyn Manson does have some, you know, he's obviously also a very intelligent guy. If you ever seen Bowling for Columbine, like, I mean, he's basically comes across as the most intelligent person in the world in that movie. And, and you know, he's, he's also smart, but at the same time, like sometimes you feel like he's just you know, invoking the, yeah, the, religious imagery. Shock, yeah. yeah. Just yeah, to shock, shock you and whatever. Yeah. Rumstein is not that Rumstein is definitely using everything that they do as, as a, as a platform to discuss something that they feel is an important thing to discuss. Or as you stated with the, with the Nazi symbolism, just, just trying to make fun of it, trying to talk about it in a sense that they're saying that we can talk about this. And, and you mentioned something about yeah, a philosopher but, that was, yeah. Yeah. yeah so if anyone, I, I has ever come across Slavo Žižek. He's a Slovenian philosopher. He talks about pop culture all the time and he loves Rammstein. And one of the things that he says he loves most about this band is that they use this Nazi stuff to 
not in like an ironic way, but basically like removing it completely from its political attachments and ideology and everything it's attached to. And basically just being like, this, these, these are silly outfits and these are silly gestures. And it takes the power away from that whole fascist ideology, basically by being like, these are, these are just clothes. These are just gestures and we shouldn't be afraid of them or try to suppress these things. Cause it's important to remember in Germany, Nazi anything is outlawed uh, and Rammstein is like, okay, but we do need to kind of confront some aspects of this because this is a part of our history. So Zizek likes that they, they basically dig this up and we're like, the, the only way to, you know, face these things is to, you know, overcome these things is we have to face them. We can't just kind of bury them and look the other way. So by dredging them up and, doing the ridiculous things that Rammstein does basically takes away that, that fear and that power that some of these things tend to tend to have or make people feel. Yeah. There's a, a famous quote from somebody that I can't remember the name of, but, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's basically, it's the suppression of the word that gives the word its power. Yeah. And it's a similar kind of thing. If you're, if you're going to push down, you know, Nazism and Nazi symbolism and, and, and to the point where you're just basically going to be like, pretend it doesn't exist then you're you're giving it more power than if you just put it out there. And it reminds me a lot of of, of the film The Producers from Mel Brooks, which was mm. one of the first movies to come out after the end of World War II that literally made fun of Nazism and Hitler and everything. Made by a Jew, you know, by 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 you know, by Mel Brooks, who's like the Jew. Like he's like, you know, he's like being Jewish is part of his entire identity. And for him to make this movie about Nazism, it was controversial at the time, but but now it's like, you know, popular Tony Award winning musical and the movie is, you know, one of the funniest movies that ever made and and all that. So it's like, yeah, like by taking the 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 the, the quote unquote scariness of Nazism and putting it down on a, on a, on the floor and just being like, Oh no, it's, it's there. Like we're not going to ignore it. We're not going to pretend it's not there. We're going to make fun of it. We're going to have fun with it. We're going to just be like, Oh, isn't this silly? That to me is much, much better than like burying it in the basement and being like, we're never going to look at this again. And that's kind of like what Rammstein does with, with its controversy. So yeah, so we're going to talk about this album. Liba is for Alda and, and talk about like how controversial it was and all this other stuff. But it's important to remember that this is not just a band. That's just like, we're just going to be scary for the sake of being scary. There's a lot more going on behind the scenes with their decision-making for these kinds of icons and imagery that they use in their music. Eine Liebe, ein Versprechen, ach, das Blut läuft aus dem Mund und keiner wird mich rächen, sinnlos gehe ich zugrund. Eine Liebe, zwei Pistolen, einer... The two most controversial songs on this album, Liebe ist für Alda, is uh, Pussy, which we've obviously mentioned, which had, you know, very sexually aggressive lyrics as well as a very sexually explicit music video. And then another single from the album called Ich Tu De Vey, which is, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't think this podcast is the appropriate platform to talk about what these lyrics are all about, but essentially imagine a song about 
very, very violent BDSM sexuality and sort of talking about how awesome that is and, and all that, which, you know, may or may not be your cup of tea, but if you do go online and read the lyrics, they are incredibly graphic and very, very controversial. And it's interesting to, to hear those songs and listen and read those lyrics and, and all that. And then read the lyrics and listen to the song that we're going to talk about today, which is called Rotor Sand, which closes out this record, which is far different from anything on the record as far as like controversy goes. Rotor Sand starts off with this whistling intro. It's this very lyrically and musically sounds like this Western kind of theme. The song basically talks about this guy who seemingly confronts uh, another another man about this woman who he loves and he shot and killed the rotor sand meaning red sand is basically him him bleeding out and dying and that's kind of the story of the song it has this really quiet quality to it that builds throughout it it really takes on this cinematic quality because it starts out with this slow acoustic guitar that reminds me a lot of uh, nine inch nails hurt these kind of like slow notes that play out uh, with this really dissonant note that that really stands out and the song kind of builds and has this orchestral quality it's very it's very cinematic for just th- that's basically the first thing I thought of in, in listening to it and it sounds like the end of some kind of spaghetti western basically is is all I could come away with and even if you don't understand any of the lyrics I feel like just the sound conveys that to you but if you do read the translation of the lyrics, then you get a clearer idea about what's happening in the song. So it sets up this whole story. One love, one promise. Said I would come back to you. While I must sadly break it. His bullet is stuck in me. One love, two guns. One points into my face. He says I stole you. He doesn't know that you love me. So basically, he's apologizing to this woman who he won't get back to because he's dying. And it was clearly a feud over over her, and he's been shot and killed and is now bleeding out, presumably somewhere in the desert. You use the word cinematic to describe it, and I, I think that's the best thing to say because it doesn't appear that there's any sort of of underlying message to the song. Like it's not like you know at the end of the song he's saying like isn't violence horrible or I you know is you know the pain of love is too much, whatever, anything like that. No, it's just very matter of fact. Like I was a guy, I'm in love with this girl and this other guy's in love with her too. We got into a duel. I'm dying. You know, very, just, just describing the situation. Like even, even the, the chorus is red sand and two rounds. One dies in a kiss of gunpowder. The second, which didn't spare its target now is stuck deeply in my chest. Just like, this is what happened. Pretty matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. This is what happened. Here's the story. Isn't isn't this interesting? You know, etc. And and I think that's that's really that's really cool because like I feel like you know on an album like like this album which which like we've mentioned a few times now is super controversial and and has a lot of stuff going on that that you know that needs to be explained you know like why they're doing this and what they're trying to say and all that the album and this is the last track on the album the album ends on this very somber note with this just kind of story of just like this is what happened and isn't this an interesting story and isn't this interesting music and and that's it 
and and I think I think it's 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 refreshing to hear that, especially for a lot of people who are you know listening to this podcast who have only ever heard Duhas in their entire lives, and to hear or, this or the more yeah or, yeah or or the more like you know general Rammstein hits that have that have come out since then, uh, you know this probably doesn't sound anything like they would expect that you probably say like, Oh, do you know that Rumstein does this as well? And I, I think it's really interesting that they're able to, to have these like multiple ways of doing their music. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that even though this doesn't sound anything like what people think Rumstein sounds like, it still sounds like Rumstein. Like, I don't know if it's just because Till's voice is so distinct or if it's because their songwriting is so simple or, or whatever, I don't know, but it just, for me, like this sounds wildly different from any Rumstein song, but at the same time, still sounds like Rumstein to me. Yeah, I was I was pretty surprised when uh, we sat down to to do the episode, and Scott's like, "We're going to do the song," and I was expecting, you know, the the classic like, that's what I was like waiting for, and I put this on, and I was like, "Oh, I am really pleasantly surprised." And yeah, I think they understand something too about you don't need to be over the top all the time doing this stuff you can you can make a quieter song and show a different side of the band because you know you you can't keep everything turned up to 10 all the time you need to like take a breath here and there and probably also just you know as songwriters it's you know here's a a, a, we're telling a story and we're just going to tell a story and be straightforward about it because we're essentially at the end of the day storytellers like our stories might be over the top and crazy and we animate them in all kinds of ridiculous ways, whether on stage or through the music video or through, you know, photo shoots or whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we write songs that tell stories and we're just going to write this sad little quiet story in the vein of, you know, a, a Western kind of feeling. Yeah, the first thing that I thought of when I when I first heard the song was like, wow, this sounds like a Tom Waits song. And Tom Waits is also, you know, if you listen back, uh, Skipped on Shuffle, there is a Skipped on Shuffle episode that centers on Tom Waits, uh, the song Martha, which is also just a very simple story about a guy calling up a woman that used to be part of his past and they meet for coffee and whatever. And we, we talk at length about that, so I won't go into that again. But, but yeah, but it's a very simple Tom Waits-esque kind of song about a story in this quiet, you know, mm. presentation. And... Yeah, it's just like this is a band that that is known for just big, bombastic, loud, controversial, crazy music, and this is not that at all. And this is, you know, we, we've picked this song. Well, I picked this song because I felt like this was the best representation of that kind of thing. But at the same time, on every record they've released, there's always a song that's like yeah, you know, quieter, yeah, quieter, quieter stuff, different. Yeah. You know, not quite the same. Uh, they, you know, they do songs in multiple languages. You know, Pussy obviously is in mostly in English, but they also have uh, songs that are in French and Spanish. Uh, and even the, there's another song on this on this record called Frowling in Paris, which is mostly in French and is also a very quiet song about this woman that's in Paris and just like you know doing this thing. So it's like I don't know. I feel like there's so much going on with this band as far as like the controversies and the and the you know the the, the big stage productions and the and the very intense videos that they release people just kind of forget that like or maybe they don't even know that they do other things like this that that are really really interesting and uh one thing i want to mention about this about the band behind the scenes is that there's you know we mentioned earlier there are six guys in this band two guitarists a bass player a drummer a vocalist and a keyboard player and they are very democratic 
every song that Rammstein has ever put out, aside from their cover songs, but every song that they've ever written, all six members get credited. There's no song that's just written by the lead singer or no song that's just written by the keyboardist, whatever. Everyone gets credited. And according to the band, they're very democratic. Every band member has to chime in and say, I like this. I, you know, this song is done. Let's put it on a record. And uh, that's why it takes so long for them to make these records because you've got six guys all having to agree that a song is good. And when you when you have that kind of dynamic, it creates a band that's able to do these kinds of things where they're able to have like a song like Pussy, which is, you know, hilariously over the top insanity. And then a song like this, which is very quiet and somber and interesting. So yeah, I feel like if every metal band was 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 like this, I would probably like metal a lot more than I actually do. <laughs> yeah, especially with this song, which um, I, I'm going to make a weird comparison here, but reminded me almost of like Last Kiss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's funny to think like Rammstein has a song that reminds me of like Last Kiss, but it, it's, you know, the, the similar story. And I think. Well, I guess it, it, Last Kiss is, is, Last Kiss is, is about. Yeah, is a, a, a car, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Pearl Jam it's, covers it's a cover, it, a cover, yeah. um, but, but it's about, you know, a car crash and someone's, you know, last moments dying. Um, and it's essentially the same sort of scenario that you get here. But again, you'd probably be surprised if someone was just like, hey, there's this Rammstein song that's reminds me a lot of Last Kiss. And you'd yeah. be like, what the what? hell? The, like, the Duhas yeah. guys? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I, I think there's probably, you know, if you if you go through and listen to a lot of the other music, there's probably other comparisons that you could make where, you know, sometimes they're doing things that aren't really necessarily like pushing in a new direction or, you know, pushing the limits of something. And hopefully maybe that gets you to at least like listen to this song and, and listen to last kiss and be like, okay, like me, you know, I get it. And maybe the band, you know, could, could do well to kind of have someone make those kinds of comparisons, I think, because it would probably help people listen to them when there is that kind of uh, variety there. Because I think, especially with metal bands and even, even my own take on a lot of like Rammstein was, you know, I just expect like the heavy guitars and the growling vocals and I don't really expect much else. And it's really surprising, really refreshing to know how much other thing you know, other, other types of songs that they do. As Scott mentioned earlier, Rammstein kind of got their big break, at least as far as people hearing them in the U.S. goes, on the Lost Highway soundtrack. And that's the first place where I had ever heard them. And it's difficult to describe putting on the Lost Highway soundtrack or or even watching the movie and hearing Rammstein come on because it stands out. It's, it's a pretty varied soundtrack with a lot of different musicians on there, a lot of different musical styles. But Rammstein stands out like a sore thumb on this record where it's a song that is also called Rammstein and these heavy guitars build in and you got this guy with this voice that it just sounds completely out of this world. Like it sounds he, like he, he came, came from up hell. from the depths of hell <laughs> and is just, yeah. 
<laughs> um, and that, that was the first time I heard them. And I'm not a huge metal person, but I even reckon, I, I, I even at that point recognize like, okay, there's something different about this band. It's not just that they're singing in German. It's not just that it's like, there's something like really interesting in, in this band sound. And that was the, the first time I had heard them. And then when I heard do host, I was like, okay, this, this band is kind of cool <laughs> where if, if you, I, I feel like if you, even if you haven't heard do host, you could put it on and be like, okay, I can see why the song was a hit and, you know, moved, a bunch of people to to listen to more Rammstein because it's just a, a a cool heavy track and that was that was really my introduction to Rammstein so I'm glad we did this episode because it's probably not a band that I'd ever feel encouraged I think to like listen to more of or revisit but I think now that I've heard Rotorsand I I think I'm a little bit more open to listening to some of the other stuff. Like I, I like the band and I respect what they do. And I think what they do is really interesting, um, really cool, but not being a big metal fan. There's not really, I feel like much that the band has to like offer somebody like me, but I think tracks like this make me a little bit more like, okay, there's a little bit more to this band than just, you know, what, what you end up hearing on the radio or the, you know, the things that you hear in passing. Like it's worth kind of digging into the albums to see or to hear rather what else is there. I also first discovered Rumstein on the Lost Highway soundtrack and then, you know, heard Duhast and saw the music video. The music video was played a lot on MTV when it first came around. And so I, in the same boat, like I was just like, what is this? Like, where did this band come from? This is insane. And, and liking it, but at the same time, seeing the, the, the silliness of it all. Like, you know, like we said, like Till sounds like he came from hell, you know, it's like, rum, you know, it's like, it's so over the top. It's so ridiculous. And at the time when I, when I first heard them, I was, you know, I was in a band and I was playing music that uh, was, was, I felt a little bit deeper than Rumstein wanted to go. And I wasn't really listening to much metal music. I was listening more to grunge and, you know, straight, straightforward rock music and whatever. So I kind of just like put Rumstein to the side, but I always kept thinking like, Oh, I really like Duhas. Like that song's a lot of fun. Almost like ironically putting it on once in a while and putting it on and be like, Oh, I'm going to rock out to Duhas just for, just for funsies today, you know? And it wasn't until years later, uh, in between when, when, cause like we mentioned, Rumstein took a, a very long 10 year hiatus between Liebe is for Alda and then this new record that just came out this year is 10 years. And in, in there, somewhere in that 10 years, I stopped listening to them ironically and started actually listening to them as I would any other band, you know, and I'm not quite sure what happened. I, it might've just been like, I heard a song or saw something online or whatever that made me think like, I haven't really given this band a fair shake, you know, like I just like most people in the United States, I just probably, I wrote them off. You know, I was like, Oh, they did do host. That was funny moving on with my life, you know? And, and it was, I don't know what it was, but something happened and I dug a little deeper and I heard a couple of songs and I was like, wow, like this song is really well crafted. And then I heard another song. I was like, wow, like the production value on this song is through the roof. And then I saw a clip of them playing live online. I was like, wow, that is incredible. Like I would totally pay a concert ticket fee to see that, you know? And then eventually I found myself listening to them all day. <laughs> it was like, I was like, how did this happen? Now I'm a Rumstein fan. Like this is so bizarre, you know? But yeah, I, 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 that's, that's kind of what happened. And then uh, I've spent the past like maybe three years just like catching up and listening to everything that they've done 
fun. And I, I got to see them a few years ago. They played a, a concert in uh, New York at Jones Beach, the Jones Beach Amphitheater thing. And it was everything that I'd ever wanted to see in a rock concert. I mean, it was just loud and over the top and fun. And, you know, just like, I can't describe, I was, I was pretty far back, you know, our seats were pretty far back and you could feel the heat from the stage. I mean, I mean the the fire, it was just out of control and, you know, it was funny, you know, and, and fun. Like it was just so much fun and you could tell the band has so much fun doing it and you can tell they're just the coolest guys at the end of the, at the end of every Rammstein concert, they, they, they come out and they do a bow and, you know, like every other band that you've seen, they, they do their bow and they wave to the crowd and say, you know, whatever, thank you. But then they, they bend their knee. Like, I don't know if, if Game of Thrones fans are listening to this, but they basically go down on one knee, like almost like they're proposing or that they're like getting knighted by a king and bow their heads to the audience. And they stay there for a good, like, I don't know, minute straight and just stay there and just bow their heads to us, to the audience, because they're so respectful of us and their career and, and how, you know, pleased they are to be where they are. And like that kind of thing, like just is like all these little details in the group that you're just like, wow, like this is, there's so much going on here and all you got to do is look. And I feel like that's kind of the thing with them is just like, because I don't know if it's an American thing or, you know, or, or, or an English language barrier thing, but I feel like there are a lot of people out there that are just, they're not ready to invest the, the small amount of time that they would need to, to figure out the deeper layers to this group. And I don't know, I did it and I came away with having like a new favorite band. And like you just said, you know, you did it and now you're, you are much bigger fan than you were, you know, prior. Yeah. 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 Even just, yeah. Even just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like, I don't think there's anybody that I've ever met that's, that's taken the time to look into this band deeper and come away with it being like, yeah, they still suck or yeah, they're still silly or yeah, they're still boring or whatever. Yeah. It's not for me. I feel like everybody I know who's actually taken the time to look into them a little deeper comes away with being like, I love this band. (laughs) And uh, so yeah, I can only hope that there are people listening to this podcast that maybe are going to do the same and, and give it, give it a little, a little listen. And uh, I feel like we kind of say that a lot, you know, I feel like we yeah, say that with a lot a of, because <laughs> that's kind of like what we do here on this podcast is we, we basically show like how there's stuff that you're missing. But I feel like with Rumstein, it's not that just that you're missing a song or a style or something that maybe is getting ignored because it's overshadowed by all these other things. With Rumstein, it's the entire work of the group that's basically being ignored. So it's like, I picked Rotor San because I felt like it was a great representation of how different the band is in certain capacities. But really... All of Rumstein is skipped on shuffle here in the United States. Like aside from Duhast, every single thing that Rumstein does is skipped. Which is funny for a band that can sell out Madison Square Garden multiple and, nights. And, and, and yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's crazy for how popular they are, but how hard it is to find Rammstein fans. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so yeah, I, I highly encourage anybody, even if you're not a metal fan, even if you're not a German language speaker. Check this band out. Go a little deeper. Do a little digging, and it only gets better as you the deeper you go. And that's what I discovered, and I'm I'm very positive that you are going to discover it too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Please visit our website at www.skippedonshuffle.com for more news about other episodes and our upcoming schedule. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please visit skippedonshuffle.com for links to all of our social media pages.